Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Panda. I am very excited to be here today because I've just been writing all of my notes. Usually I don't even write notes for a Weekly Panda, but I was really inspired today to sit and just jot a few things out and I'm like, oh, my heart, my throat chakra, it's just overflowing, needing to let this magic out. We are looking at Gene Key 30 today for the Weekly Ponder, but it's also just a question. We're looking at the question, does fulfilling your temptations ever truly satiate you? Mm, This is going to be a really juicy conversation. It's all based upon Gene Key 30, which is the shadow of desire, the gift of lightness, and the city of rapture. And it is our weekly pulse this week. It shifts into being our weekly pulse on the 13th of February. And it will be the pulse for the next six days. So if you're listening to this at the time of it coming out, do not be surprised when you notice this temptation, this desire nature really tugging at you this week because this energy is here. But it's not here to bring you down. It's here for you to transcend desire. It's here for you to come into this beautiful gift of lightness. So let's unpack this question as we unpack this jinky. Does fulfilling your temptations ever truly satiate you? You could just take that question, not even listen to the rest of the podcast and see where that question takes you because it will open up, that question will naturally open up this whole gene key inside of you if you're just to take it and contemplate it over time. Now, this question is talking about temptation because temptation is the dilemma of desire. So every single one of the gene key shadows has a dilemma and that's really what's the thing, the driving force behind why this shadow really grips us and how it can throw us off course. So temptations, we all experience temptation, right? And it comes in so many different forms. And temptation is really anything that you think, if I have that thing, or if I do that thing, I'm going to be so much happier. If I go and do that, mm, it's just like pulling you. It's like, I feel like I need that thing. It might be food. It might be a person. It might be an experience. It could be anything. And one of the places that temptation really trips us up is the more that you try to resist temptation, the more powerful it actually becomes. Have you ever had that experience? Have a little moment of self-reflection right now. When has resisting a temptation just made it like consuming? I know for me, I've had, a, I've had a long journey with recovering from binge eating. And 
For me, when that idea of a packet of chips would come into my mind that, ooh, I need a packet of chips right now. If I went to the shops and got a packet of chips, I would just, all my problems would be solved right now. And as soon as that temptation would come into my mind and I'd feel that pull, if I started entertaining that temptation of thinking about, ooh, okay, what would, what would that be like? And, ooh, and then I'd start visualizing myself actually doing the thing, going to the shops, eating the chips and feeling the saltiness in my mouth. And then I'd be thinking, oh, no, but, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't. And then I'd think about it more because I was resisting. And then before I know it, I'm in my car, driving down to the shops, holding the steering wheel. Next thing I know, there's chippies in my bloody basket. Next thing I know, they're in my mouth. Next thing I know, I'm in a guilt and shame spiral of why the fuck did I do that again? This is where temptation can really get us. And yeah, it's this idea of thinking that I need to resist it that actually will lead you down the path of fucking doing the thing many a time, many a time. Because as long as we are, as long as we're entertaining the thought in our mind and we even do that through our resistance to it, we're still, we're still making it a central focus in our minds. It just makes it more and more powerful. Right, The more we think about it, whether we're thinking about doing it or not doing it, you're still thinking about it and it becomes this huge all-consuming thing that sucks us in. This is the shadow of desire. And so what ends up happening with this shadow of desire is we can do one of two things. We can either try to avoid it in the hopes that abstination from the thing that we're tempted by will make it go away. We think if I just avoid that for a really long time, it'll go away and I'll stop being tempted by it. It'll stop being a desire. Or we follow the temptation in the hopes that fulfilling it will make it go away. And we're like, okay, if I just go and I do that thing that I want to do, it'll burn it up from within me. It'll be fulfilled and then it will leave me alone. So in both cases, whether we are trying to um, go through the abstinence route or the, okay, I'm going to do this route, in both cases, we're trying to achieve the same thing. We're trying to make the desire go away. We're trying to make the temptation go away by either not doing it or doing it. But here's the thing. Neither route leads to that happening. Neither abstination nor going through and doing it is going to make that temptation go away. It's not going to make that desire go away. And in both cases, whichever route you take, in both cases, they tend to create cycles of guilt, cycles of shame, cycles of frustration, and cycles of fear. Because when it comes to desire, desire is an eternal cycle. Desire is something that is built into our DNA as humans. And the moment that we have fulfilled our hunger, the moment that we have followed that temptation and really lent into that desire is actually the moment that we feel empty again and the yearning begins once more. This is the cycle. We go, okay, I'm craving that thing. I'll have that thing. Now I've had it. Now I'm empty again. Now I'm craving something again. Now I've had it. Now I'm empty again. Now I'm craving something again. It's an eternal cycle of desire. Richard Rudd, the author of The Gene Keys, he describes desire as a state of longing that's built into the machine. 
and it doesn't come with a bloody instruction manual. This is not something that we're going to escape. And this is why the issue with temptation is thinking that we can escape it through either abstinence or through doing the thing. That doesn't happen. And this really changes our approach to desire itself. And this is why the original question of this weekly ponder is, does fulfilling your temptations ever truly satiate you? This is what we're looking at here. We're wanting to get to the crux of this cycle and start to understand ourselves on a deeper level. Because this desire, it is simply a genetic hunger. That's the way that it's described in the Gene Keys book. This hunger that's built into our DNA. And this is why desire and temptation so often is connected to food. Because it's this, this genetic hunger which will manifest through it's, um, it's desire for food very often, but of course it manifests through many different ways as well as food. And one of these places can be experience. We really hunger for experience. We desire a new experience. And we think that if we follow our temptations of the new experiences that we're like, oh, I need to do that thing. We're doing it because we think that doing that thing will make us feel more alive. But what actually happens is by these temptations that keep pulling us, they often might make you feel more alive just for a fleeting second. But in the long run, it can actually cause us to miss out on truly living. They can cause us to miss out on what life's really about this temptation, this desire can keep us living like on the surface of our lives, buying into the fact that our happiness and our fulfillment lays in something external, lays in something outside of us. And so these temptations, these pulls, these yearnings, they're always for things that lay outside of us in the shadow state. It's like, oh, I need to find that thing. I need to follow that thing. Then I'll feel better. Then I'll feel better. And we can see the pain cycles that this enters us into. Because this shadow of desire will pull you into the pleasure pain cycle. So you fulfill the desire and it creates pleasure. And then that pleasure then leads to pain through the guilt and the shame or actually even physical pain that sometimes our desires and our temptations can lead us into. And this is just so much of life, this, this pleasure pain cycle, pleasure pain cycle. And if we're in the other end of the spectrum where we're in the abstinence route, this can be just as much a pain cycle as well. We think that by holding all temptation and holding all desire at an arm's length, that then we're able to truly live. But as long as we're holding it at an arm's length and, and, and doing that, we're actually fearing the desire. And when you fear desire and you fear temptation, you're still just as much in the shadow as when you're actually following it constantly as well. Abstinence is not freedom. Abstinence is not freedom. Abstinence is still being gripped by the shadow of desire because we're fearing it. And we think that we need to avoid it at all costs in order to be okay but that's only the fear of the desire. So when we actually get into the higher states of this gene key, when we get into the gift state, which is lightness, this is what emerges when we no longer fear desire. 
And also when we no longer buy into the idea that by following the desire that it will go away. Because that's actually still fear. Both sides of how we approach desire are fear. Whether we abstain, it's because we fear it. Or if we are like just absolutely fulfilling every single desire that comes up, is also because we fear it. Because we're trying to make it go away by fulfilling our desire. So we're like, okay, let me just, let me just burn it all up so then it will leave me alone. They're both fear states. And so to transcend desire and temptation isn't about the eternal impulse going away. It's not about temptation going away, but rather it is about our awareness and actually coming to this deeper place of recognizing that temptation and desire aren't going away. And that whether you follow that desire or not, it doesn't actually matter because either way, the ache that lives deep inside of you is not going to be healed by following it or not following it. It actually doesn't matter whether you follow it or not. That ache will remain. And this is actually the, the level of awareness, the depth of awareness that brings about lightness because As we start recognizing that we will never be truly satiated by these temptations, that's when you become free from them. Because as the temptation comes up, it's no longer this battle in our mind of, do I go through with that or do I avoid it? If I do it, is it going to work? If I don't do it, will I feel better? Oh my gosh, now I'm guilt, now there's shame, I want to avoid it. There's so much that comes into play when that temptation comes up and we're in the shadow state, we're in the fear state. Whereas when we are in this lightness state, the temptation will come up and we'll be like, okay, there's a temptation. There's a desire. I can follow that if I want to and I won't feel any different or I cannot follow that if I want to and I won't feel any different. And this is an invitation into journeying inward where the true ache exists, where the desire is truly coming from. And as you realize that whether you fulfill that temptation or not, it doesn't actually make a difference. You get to approach life so much more lightheartedly. It's like you've been carrying around this big, huge backpack full of bricks, which are all of the desires and all of the temptations and all of the guilt and all of the shame. And you take the backpack off. So this gift is both like a physical lightness where you feel lighter because you're not dragged down by the gravity of temptation anymore. But it's also a gift where you access more light. More light can come out through your DNA and into your aura because you now go inward instead of going outward to try and find happiness and fulfillment. Because desire will just keep you thinking it lays everywhere on the outside. Whereas this lightness has really noticed the fact that, oh my gosh, none of this actually makes a difference. If I want to access that satiated, fulfilling feeling, I'm only ever going to find that by journeying into myself and accessing the light within me. And then it becomes light that really starts to emanate from you. This is something that we have the opportunity to look at every single day of our lives. Because there's always something, whether it be really conscious or whether it be an unconscious 
thing that we are tempted by or that we're desiring or we think is going to make us feel better in some way, shape or form. And it can be really freaking uncomfortable to sit with this because we've created patterns in our lives where we're either in a, in a pattern of avoidance or we're in a pattern of fulfilling desires. And so to really sit in that gap and to sit with how we're truly feeling can be very uncomfortable. However, it is nothing but a portal into more love, light and more of yourself. The other thing that I really want to bring into this conversation is the dream arc. So the dream arc is the transmission that sits underneath the umbrella of the gene keys, where instead of just a shadow, a gift and a city, there has been an animal that represents each of those archetypal journeys. And the animal that represents gene key 30's shadow of desire is the moth. And recently I was partaking in a beautiful Gene Keys course that is available online called Into the Mystic. And in this course, Richard talks about the moth and it just blew my mind in how accurate the journey of a moth is to this journey of desire. So I'd love to leave you with this little story today. So when we see moths, I mean so often when we as humans come into contact with moths is when they are being drawn to lights that we have on at nighttime. So I know for me every night when I go to brush my teeth, we've got this window in the bathroom and the bathroom light is usually on in the evenings. And there's so many moths like up against the screen trying to get into the light, right? Or maybe if you have, if you're sitting outside um, late at night, maybe having dinner or chatting with friends and there's a light on, there'll be moths just sort of fluttering around and about that light because moths are so drawn to the light. And as these moths are being drawn towards this light, they're actually being distracted from their true journey. So a moth at nighttime, what they actually are meant to be doing is pollinating. Moths are actually bigger pollinators than butterflies. And at nighttime, they go from flower to flower and they move about. And this is like part of their core mission. This is part of their purpose, pollination. Yet, when there is a light turned on, that moth thinks, oh, that's the light that I'm meant to be drawn towards. The true light is their purpose. The true light is what they're really meant to be doing with their lives. But that light flicks on and they go, oh, that, that's what I'm meant to be doing. And whoosh, they get pulled towards that light. And so often what ends up happening with these moths who get drawn towards these lights is they get burnt up. They burn up in the false light. This is what our temptations represent. They represent the false light, something that lives outside of ourselves that is actually just pulling us away from that which we're truly meant to be doing. And we can get burnt by these temptations, just like the moth gets burnt by the light. We can also get distracted from our true paths in these temptations, just like the moth is being distracted by its true path of pollination. Isn't this just like, oh, the more you contemplate this, and then if you actually sit and you watch a moth around a light at nighttime, 
it will just help you enter so deeply into the beautiful truths that lay inside this gene key. And you'll be able to see yourself in the moth. Like this, this pull for the light. That is really what's pulling us in this life. Our pull towards the light. But the true light that you seek is the light that lives within you. It's already in you. Yet every time we get pulled out into the external world, hoping for the light, we get burned. We burn up. We get distracted from our true path. And that's that devastation and that's the pain that lives inside this gene key. It's the pain of the moth going to the light. And something that Richard actually requested of everyone at, um, at this beautiful Into the Mystic event was to, if you have a porch light at your house, to turn your porch lights off at night time so that you can allow the moths to actually be doing their job. And so when I notice that that bathroom light's on at night time, when I'm done with it, flick it off so that they can return to their true nature, right? And they can return to being at at this beautiful peace with knowing that they're following exactly what they came here to do. And what you came here to do and what I came here to do is to access the true light that lives within us so that then we can move in the world in our truest service, not just running from one temptation to the next or trying to avoid the light. Because if the moth was trying to just avoid the light, it would still be distracted from its true purpose of pollination as well, because it would be consumed by its resistance. Remember, when we resist a temptation, it just becomes more and more powerful. And so the moth would be like, okay, don't go towards the light, don't go towards the light. And then it would just always have an eye on the light and it would be distracted by what it's doing. It wouldn't be fully present in its pollination. When it's like, oh no, the light's over there. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. It's not about that at all. It's about seeing the light going, hmm, I can feel myself being pulled towards that. I could go over there if I wanted to. And if I do and I stay for a little bit, that's okay. And if I don't, that's okay too. Mm. Who would have thought that a moth had such a brilliant teaching hidden within it? Such a, uh, such a needed teaching, this thing that we all grapple with every single day and the moth is right there leading the bloody way. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I just love bringing the gene keys and the dream arc together and looking at it from both points of view and seeing how it just opens us up to a journey. That's what these gene keys are. These gene keys are journeys. They're the archetypal journeys of humans. And this is a really important one because we've all got it happening in our DNA. And I'm sure we can all take one little look at temptation and see how it's had an impact on our lives. And so this is definitely a place that is worth sitting with. It's not something that we go in and we just rip out all at once, though. 
that's not the case with any of the gene key shadows. This isn't about getting rid of temptation because as soon as you're doing that, you're straight in the shadow anyway. It's just about gently bringing more awareness to it, being willing to see it in a different light than you've ever seen it before. And this is actually how we access the lightness, by allowing, accepting and embracing the shadow of desire, recognizing that it's not something to be feared, but just an invitation into more love, just an invitation into more purpose. And so I just, I invite you to take a deeper look at that this week. And even if you're listening to this further down the line, and this isn't even the weekly pulse anymore, that doesn't matter. You're still just as much invited to take a deeper look at it. However, if you are listening to this at the time of the weekly pulse, you can head to the link in the show notes to go and listen to Richard Rudd's transmission of Gene Key 30 for free and make sure you sign up to the pulse newsletter because every six days you'll get a new Gene Key into your inbox and you get to listen to that Gene Key for free. If you are not listening to this in the week that this is the pulse and you want to listen to Gene Key 30, there is a link in the show notes where you can go and purchase the audio for a few dollars. But I hope you enjoyed this episode and, oh gosh, message me, DM me. would love to hear your thoughts on this. Or if you're in the Journey Home membership, there will be a post inside there where you can ask any of your questions about today's episode and share any of your thoughts so that we can continue this conversation together. But I will see you on Thursday for another episode in our series of self-love. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.